0: podcast is presented to you by Pastor Randy Han and Celebration Church in Fresno, California. For more information, please visit CelebrationChurch.cc. Uh, today I'm going to uh, in fact the title of my message for the next two weeks is is entitled Be a Wise Guy. Be a wise guy. We're going to talk about the wise men, but um, um how many of you have ever encountered a wise guy? I kind of had that encounter just a couple of days ago. Uh, that's kind of not what we're talking about, but, but you kind of get the flow here. Uh, I actually went to a, a, an open house or open business for a little Christmas gathering with all the clients. It's a business owner that comes to the church here, and he invited me, and so I showed up, and when I got there, you know... I kind of felt out of place. I was in my jeans and they were in their suits. And there's lawyers and bankers and all kinds of other people. But what was really neat about this party is there was a lot of food. Now, me and my wife thought we'll just swing by 10 minutes and we'll, we'll just keep going and we'll be on our way to dinner. Well, an hour, hour and a half later, we're still at the party. And the reason why we're at the party is because they just had some food at this this party. And so they had one room with all the hors d'oeuvres. I'm sure they didn't mean for us to make it a dinner stop. It's hors d'oeuvres and stuff. But I was so impressed with all the hors d'oeuvres. I, I did two or three plates, fulls of hors d'oeuvres. They probably didn't have enough for the rest of the guests. And then they had a complete another room for just the desserts. And they had Christmas music, live Christmas music. And I couldn't wait to get to the dessert. And I started loading my plate up with dessert. And, and I noticed these, these eyes looking at me. Have you ever been anywhere and you, you just know somebody is. Looking at you. He's, there was this man across the room and he's in this chair and he's looking at me, load my plate I knew he was looking at me, but I couldn't prove that he was looking at me. And so I, I got my plate, went out of the room, and, and I downed that plate. And I started thinking, you know, that guy's, I think, kind of irritated with me getting so much dessert. So I'm going to go back in there and load my plate up again and see if, if this guy really is upset. And I did it again, and sure enough, his eyes were on me. It was like the stare down, like how dare you come here and steal all this dessert. And so I, I, I took my plate of dessert back. I said, "Baby, I think this guy's really upset with me over here. I don't know who he is, but he's upset about me loading my plate. Ah, you're just no nah. I said, "No, babe, I'm serious. He really is. I'll prove it." So I went back again. It's a a true story. And I I started to load it up again, and I got it all piled up. The problem is I had to walk past him every time I went out of the room. And this time walking past him, he says, you know, this is what he said as I'm walking out. He says, you know, all that stuff's going to stunt your growth. I'm saying he just didn't just say that, did he? Getting ready to throw him down right now. He's going down right now. I walked out of the room. I said, baby, he is upset. I'm eating the dessert, and he's upset. He said, if I eat this stuff, it's going to stump my growth. I'm a, I'm a 30-something-year-old man, and this guy is treating me. <laughs> so it really kind of got comical to me. And I said, this guy is really irritated about me. I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to go back in there. And so I go back in and load up my plate. I'm serious. I load it up again. And he opens his mouth from across the room. He says, maybe you ought to just pull up a chair to the dessert table. And I said, it's going down right now, right here. The Christmas party is over. How many of you have ever met a wise guy like that? But we're not talking about wise people like that, smart aleck people. We're talking about people who truly have wisdom. We're going to talk about the wise men. In Matthew chapter 2, I want to read this story, this, this uh, story of the wise men, several verses here to just kind of capture the story. And we're going to kind of, kind of dig some truths out of this in the next couple of weeks. It says in verse 1, Jesus was born in Bethlehem, Judea, during the reign of King Herod. And about that time, some wise men from eastern lands arrived in Jerusalem asking, where is the newborn king of the Jews? We saw his star as it rose, and, and we have come to, notice, worship him. King Herod was deeply disturbed When he heard this, as was everyone in Jerusalem, he called a meeting of the the leading priests, the teachers of the religious law, and asked, where is the Messiah supposed to be born? And after this interview, the wise men went their way. We're dropping down to verse 9 now. We'll catch the rest of the story in just a minute. After this interview, the wise men went their way, and the star they had seen in the east guided them to Bethlehem and, and went ahead of them and stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were filled... The joy. They entered, notice the house, not the stable, and saw the child, not not the baby, with his mother, Mary, and they bowed down and worshiped him. Then they opened, this is what we talked about just a moment ago in the offering, then they opened, they're worshiping, then they opened their treasures. That's the definition of worship, something that is of value. They opened the treasure chest and gave him gifts of gold and frankincense and Myrrh. And being warned of God in a dream that they should not return to Herod, notice they departed into their own country another way. Somebody say another way. I, I like that at all the campuses. I need you to really hear that because in a moment we're going to talk about that another, another way, another way. Uh, this story of the wise men and the star. It just really intrigues me. It fascinates me. In fact, it's kind of been one of those stories that I've made part of my study for the last several years. And I think the reason why is because their journey that they took to find the King is so much like our spiritual journey today with Jesus. You know, The Bible calls them wise men, but what was it that really made these guys wise? Was it Was it because they were intelligent? Was it because they were successful or wealthy or famous or influential? The truth be known, they they actually were that. They, They actually were business guys. So they were all of that. But I don't think that's really what made them wise. I don't think that's the reason why the Bible calls them wise men. Over the next two weeks, I want to talk about what made these wise men wise. I want to share... Some Christmas wisdom from this story. And here's what we're going to talk about. Uh, The first thing we're going to talk about is that it's all about the seek. I know it used to be all about the base, but I'm here to tell you it really now is all about the seek. Number two, we're going to talk about this probably next week. It's all about the bring. It's all about the bring. And then number three, it's all about the worship. It's all about the worship, let's, let's jump in and let's talk about this this morning for just a brief moment. It's all about the seek. When it came to these wise men, they had their seek on. These guys were in full pursuit, willing to do whatever it took to get to Jesus. I mean, they were determined to find the Savior. When it came to these wise men, here's what I like. They they made pursuing Jesus a priority and not a convenience. They made seeking Jesus a priority and not a convenience. The story, we know most of the story, we kind of read it. The story goes where they're there in their country, a faraway country, and they see a star, and they know when they see the star that it's announcing the the, the birth of, of Jesus they knew that, so what they do is then they take off on a journey to find jesus now now these were these were wise men from the far east, which at that time was considered the other side of the world there from Bethlehem, and where Jesus was born. Hear this this morning: scholars agree. That, when they seen the star and they took off on this journey, that they ended up traveling somewhere between five hundred to a thousand miles across the desert just to get to Jesus. This journey would have taken months, several months in fact, in fact, most research, biblical research, suggests that it took two years for them to finally get to Jesus. See see i 'm messing up your nativity. Scenes because most people put the wise men at the manger. The wise men never made it to the manger. They weren't there. When they seen the star, when Jesus was born, it took up to two years to finally get to him. That's the reason why in the text, it says when they got there, they went into the house, not the stable. And when they got there, they seen the child, not the baby. Are you with me? In fact, in fact it was uh, Herod that killed all the babies at that time two years and younger because he figured out when the wise men had seen the star, calculated, and realized that there was a two-year window in their travel. So he, in order to kill Jesus, he, he had to kill all the baby boys that were two years and younger. He's the ultimate Scrooge, by the way. Now, for these wise men, this journey wasn't convenient this journey wasn't comfortable. This would have been a very dangerous journey, dangerous roads, dangerous uh, outlaws out there. There was dangerous wild animals. This, this journey cost them time. It cost them resources. They, they put much effort, much energy into seeking Jesus. I'm trying to drive the point here. It wasn't they seen the star and they go to the stable and one night one church service, and they are done. It wasn't like that at all. They, they are in pursuit. They have their seek on. They put amazing effort and energy into seeking Jesus. They, they made sacrifice in seeking Jesus. They, they put everything on hold in their life just to find a baby. The, the, these guys were preachers. Are you listening to Are Or they weren't, weren't wannabe preachers. These were actually business owners. They were business guys, and they put their whole life on hold to seek out a baby. Uh, I, can just, I can just imagine what their neighbors must have thought about them as they are packing for this trip. They probably said things like this, uh, where are you guys going? And their response would have been, we're, we're, we're not sure. They, they probably asked the question, well, well, how far is it going to be? And their response would have been, we really don't know. Their neighbors probably asked the question, well, how long are you going to be gone? And their response would have been, we just haven't figured that out yet. Wow. I could just hear their neighbors saying, really? Really? You guys are wise guys. You don't sound very wise business guys pursuing Jesus. Now, here's what's amazing about these wise men. The Bible says in their journey, to, close to two years into the journey, they, they actually stop off in Jerusalem, the capital city, in search for the king. They're, they're lost. They, they can't find Jesus, so they stop off. Can you imagine? Men actually stop for directions. That's brilliant. They stop in Jerusalem and, and they, tell, they tell Herod there, it's in the text, they tell Herod and they tell all the religious church-going people that they've seen the star and, the, and that Jesus has been born, but they just can't find him Yet they're actually only about five miles away. They're in Jerusalem. Jesus was born in Bethlehem. They just didn't know that. Here's what I need you to grab is that they knew Jesus was born. So they came to Jerusalem and told all the church-going people, hello, like us, hey, he's been born." Now they didn't, so now they know he's been born, so now we gotta figure out where he's at. And you know what the preachers and the religious church people did? They got their Bibles out and they found the place where Jesus would be. And I wanna read it to you in Matthew 2, verse 4, and verse 6. And verse 4 it says, Herod called a meeting of the leading priests and teachers of religious law and asked, Where is the Messiah supposed to be born? Notice here in verse five, in Bethlehem in Judea, they said, "For this is what the prophet wrote." Okay, do you see what's happening here? They went to the Old Testament part of your Bible, found the book of Micah. Micah prophesized where Jesus would be born, and this is their quote from Micah, verse six: "And you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are not the least among the ruling cities of Judah, for a ruler will come from you who will be the shepherd for my people Israel." Catch the scene here. Here's these wise men. They have traveled many, many months. They can't find Jesus, but they know Jesus has been born. So they look for directions in Jerusalem there. Well, that's the that's the, the capital there. The, there's a bunch of religious church-going people there. They're going to know where Jesus is going to be born because they know the scriptures. They say, well, we know. Look at Micah already talked about it. Jesus is in Bethlehem. Now, this is what is so interesting to me is that they give these guys directions to where to find Jesus. Are you with me? But none of those churches, and, and the wise men left, and the wise men went on, and the wise men found Jesus, and they were in, in Bethlehem. They gave them their gifts. But here's what's amazing. They stop in the, the capital city of Jerusalem. They get directions where Jesus is at. They find out from Bible-believing People in fact, they found it in the scriptures, but listen to me, there was not one of those church going people, not one of them that had any interest in seeking out Jesus for themselves. They knew he was born. They knew how to get there. They gave the wise men instructions how to get there. The wise men eventually get there. See, here's what I'm trying to drive home. These wise men, these business owners, these Gentiles, they weren't even Jews, traveled hundreds of miles, and these church-going people wouldn't even travel five miles to worship or seek Jesus. The ones that should have been seeking had no interest in seeking. The ones that should have been there to worship had no time to go and worship. The ones who, who should have been there bringing gifts, guess what? They brought no gifts and they were the church world at that time. Yet there were three wise guys that pursued and sought out and worshiped Jesus. This is This is crazy to me why didn't, why didn't they seek Jesus? Why didn't they come and worship Jesus? who who would do that? I mean, I mean, we would never do that, right? I mean we, we wouldn't be that that naive and stupid, right? if if, if Jesus is, is born, we're, we're going to seek out and we're going to worship. Why did they not come and worship? I don't know. I was thinking about this. maybe may, maybe they, they didn't need a savior. Maybe they thought that Jesus' stuff is kind of silly and man, I don't want to get involved in that. Maybe they were, maybe they just looked like church going people. Maybe they just looked like religious people that just kind of knew how to find things in the Bible, but they didn't really need a, a savior in their life. Or, or maybe they were just distra- distracted. Now, I know it wouldn't happen with us, but, but why wouldn't they go worship? Why would they not seek Jesus? Why would they not pursue? Why would they not spend their life going after Jesus? me I know this is going to sound crazy to you, but maybe, maybe they were just distracted. You know, distracted with stuff. I know this is going to sound crazy, but maybe just distracted, like things like work and careers. I <laughs> know it's crazy, isn't it? To think you would get distracted with work and careers and not pursue Jesus. And maybe, maybe they were distracted with the relationships. Oh, how crazy would that be that I would spend more time going after a relationship than I would Jesus, right? I don't know. It could have been hobbies. Maybe, maybe, I know it sounds absurd, but maybe it was hobbies that caused them to be distracted. Maybe that's why they wouldn't go five miles to worship Jesus. I, I don't know. Maybe it wasn't hobbies. Maybe, maybe the Raiders had a winning season back then. I know it sounds kind of crazy, but they don't have very many. So maybe that's the reason why they. They couldn't go to church. Have you noticed at celebration that all the Niners folks, all the Niner fans have been very faithful to church in the last couple of months? It's because it's like what 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 is there to see, right? So let's go to church, right? I don't know. Maybe they were Raider fans and they, they thought they were just distracted with their winning seas. I ain't got time for church and worship and all that Jesus stuff. I don't know. I don't know, maybe. Maybe it's just they were just too busy. Maybe they were unavailable. I was thinking about the unavailable. I was thinking about the Bible. I was thinking about what if, what if Noah told God he was unavailable and didn't build that boat? We wouldn't be here today. Well, what, if Abraham did, what if Abraham wasn't unavailable? What if he was not available? He was unavailable and God couldn't find a man to make a covenant with. To save a world, to save a people, uh, I'm thinking: What if, what if uh, Isaiah said, "Don't send me, Lord. I ain't got time for this. I'm just busy. I'm unavailable. I'm so thankful." Isaiah said, "Lord, send, send me." What about Esther? Wow, whole nation would have been lost if Esther was unavailable. What, what about the disciples? What if the disciples say, "Hey, I'm fishing. Don't bug me. I ain't got time to worship. I ain't got time to pursue Jesus. Can't you see? I'm trying to make a living." What if the disciples would have been unavailable? What, what about Paul? Paul wrote two-thirds of the Bible. What if he would say, I ain't got time for this Jesus stuff. I ain't got time for the seek. I ain't got time for the pursuit. And then I really thought about, what about Mary, the mother of Jesus? What if she told the angels, you know, I ain't got time for this Christmas stuff. I ain't got time for this, this baby stuff. Maybe the question shouldn't be, why didn't they come and worship Maybe, maybe a better question is, "What's our reason? What's our reason? Why won't we seek out and worship the Savior of the world in a hot, passionate pursuit?" You know, in modern Christianity, we don't see much effort, (laughs) much energy, much sacrifice, or much pursuit of Jesus. Oh, well, well, we'll give him chump change and will show up once in a while, you know. Statistically, now this isn't a celebration. Celebration is, is above the charts. We we are awesome, but 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 statistically in our nation, did you know that church attendance is at an all time low? The average person only attends once a month? Really? Yet God says every time those doors should, are open, you should be there. Passionate, in pursuit, especially. <laughs> Especially as the day approaches of the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, if you're not on vacation or you're on, it should, the church shouldn't be an option. It should be something you get up and say, "Well, should I go or should I not go?" Really, that's how you're going to raise your kids? Wow. Giving is at an all-time low in our nation. Serving—you can't get hardly anybody to serve anymore in churches. Carrying out causes and helping with love stories and. You know, signing up for the dream team. It's hard. It's like pulling. T- you know, you know, I'm I'm busy. You know, now listen, if, if it's convenient, pastor, if it's convenient, it's if it's if it's convenient, I'll be there. I'll do it. I'll, if if I'm available, if I'm not too busy, if I'm not too tired, you know, if it's not if it's not too late, I'll be there first Wednesday. If it's not too hard, not too difficult, if I'm not too tired. Hello, I'm coming right at you this morning. My name is Randy and I am your friend and your pastor and God has sent me this morning to help bring some clarity. So many who say they are Christians. So many. Come on, it's gonna end good. Tap your neighbors, say, I know it's gonna, it always ends good. Go ahead and say it to them, it's gonna end good. So many who say they are Christians, they, they've lost, they've lost their seek. They've they've slowed down their seek. They've even stopped their seek. They're not seeking God. Like, the, I've, I've been pastoring now 24 years. I've watched this. They're not seeking God like they used to. They're, there's almost an attitude with so many, you know, church-going people who have been in church a long time. There's almost an attitude like, you know, I've already been there, done that, <laughs> and bought the T-shirt. You know, I put in my time. Like, really? Like, you have to put in time, and then, then you don't have to put any more time in? There's so many people. And here's my point in my message this morning. There's so many people who are missing out on God and what God can do for them simply because they're not seeking and looking for God. I, 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 I'm not trying to be critical of any of us, and I'm in the same boat as all of you guys. I'm not trying to be judgmental. But we've all got real life, and it's like, how do you fit all of the sin? But here's my concern as I pastor this church. My concern is that is that we're missing out on what is available from God because we just don't have the right priorities. Because if you're not looking for God, you're not going to get God. Um, So I know you don't believe me, but let me me show you something. I know you're very intelligent, very smart, and, and the reason why... Uh, I'm going to do what I'm going to do is because I feel like I pass through very intelligent people. So we're going to test your IQ this morning. How many of you want your IQ tested this morning at all of our campuses? Here's what I need you to do. I need you to wake up, get off your phones, right? Forget about the scores of the game, and I need you to pay attention because you're going to have to count really quick, and you're going to have to pay attention. Are you ready at all the campuses? We're going we're to test your awareness right now to see really how intelligent you are, are, you ready? Now you got say, are you ready? And all of our campuses, get ready to count. Here we go, watch the screens. This is an awareness test. How many passes does the team in white make? The answer is 13. But did you see the moonwalking bear? It's easy to miss something you're not looking for. I was so proud of myself, just like you were when I got the number right. But I was missing something because I wasn't looking for something. And that's, that's, that's my heart today celebration. is that if we're not looking for God if we're not passionately seeking after God, we could be missing out on so much that God has for our lives. The Bible says that the seek is very important. Matthew 6.33, Jesus himself said this, your master, your savior, he says, seek the kingdom of God above all else. And he, notice, here's the promise. Here's the promise. And he will give you everything you need. The reason why we got our priorities messed up is we're trying to get everything we need, but everything we need doesn't come by going after everything we need. Everything we need comes when we get our priorities right. When we seek after God, listen to me today. How are you going to have what you need for life? How are you going to have what you need for family? How are you going to have what you need for your career and your finances and your health? How is it going to happen? According to this specific verse, it happens when you put God above everything else, every relationship, every job, every leisure, every sport, God's gotta be number one. And God says, if you'll put me number one, I'll get stuff to you that you could only dream about. I'm here to tell you, you don't get him. If you're not looking for Him, and I'm telling you, Jesus has everything that you need. In fact, in Matthew chapter 6, the whole chapter is talking about your clothes and your food and your provision. God knows you have need of all that stuff. And He says, quit stressing out trying to go after it and get it. Just put me top priority in your life, and I'll see to it that I get it into your life. How are you going to get what you need? Celebration. This is how we get what we need is we put God above everything else. Hebrews eleven six says it this way. He who comes to God must believe that He is and that He is, notice, a rewarder of those that diligently seek Him. Those that are in the seek, I'm here to tell you, you're in the seek by being here this this, this afternoon. You're in church, so you're in the seek. And God says, I reward people who are in the seek. But notice, it's a diligent seek. In other words, you keep doing it. We're going to do it next week, and we're going to do it the week after. Every opportunity, we're going to do it. We're going to do it in our businesses. We're going to do it in our homes. We're going to put God first. He's a rewarder. Of them. Psalm 63 and 8. I like this. The psalmist said this. My soul, my soul has followed hard. Could you say that about your life? My soul has followed hard. In other words, it wasn't convenient. It's a priority. My soul has followed hard after thee. Thy right hand has upheld me. Um, I think we follow. In fact, Andrew, jump up here real quick. I wasn't going to do this, but I need to do this. My son-in-law, he's a, he's a Viking fan. You have to pray for him. I, I think I think what happens is, let's say that that's Jesus, the only time you could ever be Jesus. You have to pan out so all the campuses can get. I, I think what happens is that the psalmist says, I seek hard after thee, but 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 I think our seeking is, 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 is as long as we see him, as long as, you know, I've, I've got, I've got stuff. You know, as long, as long as I, I get you know, that, that, that's not seeking hard. You, you know what the psalmist is saying? The psalmist is saying, this is seeking hard. Come on, take me somewhere, cause you're not going to lose me, are you? Come on, you're not going to lose me, right? Yeah, come on. Are you going to lose me? Come on, come on. Are you going to lose me? That, that, that's how your life, seeking hard, is wherever Jesus is going. You're, you're seeking, you're seeking, you're seeking hard. That's how, listen, and when you go after him, uh, when you go after him hard, I'm here to tell you you're going to get what he has to offer. My concern is, is that we're missing out on so much because we didn't realize when we're not seeking him, we don't get him. When we don't look for him, we don't get him. Can I just tell you these wise men, these wise guys, they were extremely blessed. Not the church-going people back there in Jerusalem. It doesn't say anything about them, but these wise guys that, that 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 took the journey and pursued God with everything they had. Did you know that they were extremely blessed? They got an audience with 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 the king, with Jesus Himself. They were. The Bible says that they were filled with exceeding joy. You know, one translation says they got the thrill of their life. Some of you are looking for a thrill, but you're looking for it in all the wrong places. The real thrill comes by not smoking that stuff, but by a pursuit of God Almighty. They were extremely blessed. God started talking to them. God started giving them dreams. Come on, how many of you would like a God dream instead of your pipe dream? Come on, a dream that really would begin to work out. And then, then I close with this thought. Almost close. The Bible says they came in one way and they left, left another. Are you with me? They left another. Here's, here's what you need to know is when you're in pursuit of Jesus, you might come in one way, but I promise you, you'll leave another way. You... you at all of our campuses, you might, you might come in sick, but I'm here to tell you, you're getting ready to leave this place healed and healthy and whole. You might come in sad and depressed and suicidal, but I'm here to tell you, you're getting ready to leave another way, full of joy and peace and the reason for life. You might have came in poor, broken, busted and disgusted, but I'm here to tell you, when you're in pursuit of Jesus, you will leave another way. You'll have the wealth, favor of God almighty on your life you might come in with addictions but you're going out free come on does anybody I want to close with this story that I really believe will help land this this message in our hearts today for just a moment please nobody leaving we got some important things to do at the end of this service I really want to read this story. I wasn't able to do it in the first service, and I really believe this will help help what God is communicating to our hearts. Many years ago lived a well-known, very successful art collector. His fortune allowed him to travel the world collecting works of art by some of the greatest and most well-known artists. His son also fell in love with his dad's passion for art. as his son got old enough, he he would also travel around the world with his dad collecting expensive art. They, they, it actually became their work. It became their passion and their joy. Now, this was way back in the days of World War II, and war had broken out, and the father's son felt like it was his duty to enlist and fight for his country. So, so the father reluctantly sends his son off war. It was his only son, by the way, and his wife had died years earlier unexpectedly. And it was only a few months later that the father's fears came to pass. He received news that his only son had indeed been killed in action while trying to save a fallen soldier. Oh, the father was crushed. It didn't matter that he had all this, this famous artworks scattered throughout his mansion. None of it lessened the pain of losing his only son. It was months later that a knock came at the door. He looked outside and saw a man in a uniform. He opened the door and in walks this soldier that begins to tell the father how his son had saved his life in battle. And the soldier said to the father, your son told me how much you guys liked art. And so I painted this portrait of your son, I'm not much of an artist, but, but I want you to have, have this. And even though the painting wasn't very good, oh, the father loved it because it was his, his son. In fact, the father took that painting and put it over the mantle of the fireplace, replacing one of his most priceless paintings. The father loved this painting. It brought him so much joy. He would just sit and look at this painting day day after day, after day. And the many years go by and finally the father dies and he has no family left at all. So now his multiplied millions of dollars was set to be auctioned off and the auction was set and these art dealers and art collectors and museum representatives were all gathered together and they were all waiting for the auction to start. They were all ready to bid on the great art collection that this man had amassed. And the very first thing up for bid is, is this amateur painting of the father's son. The auctioneer looks for a bid and no one there is interested. In fact, begin to hear chuckles and giggles amongst the crowd. They say, "What, what is this? And the auctioneer explained this painting to them, but still nobody showed any interest in it at all. And, and then from the back of the room, a man spoke up and said, you know, I'm just one of the neighbors, and I'm not able to buy any of this expensive artwork. Uh, I, I'm just here because I, I really cared a lot for this man. And if nobody wants this painting of his son, I, I do have 10 bucks. And, and so that, that, that's my bid on that painting. And the auctioneer looks around and says, going once, going twice, sold to the man's neighbor. Now everybody in the room is excited. Okay, we got that out of the way, and now they're anxious to get on with the rest of the real stuff. And all of a sudden the auctioneer slams his gavel down and says, the auction is over. The crowd says, what do you mean the auction is over? The auctioneer explained to them that in this man's will it stipulated that whoever gets the son gets it all. Celebration at all of our campuses. This is exactly what Jesus did for us. Make no mistake about it. The seek is important. And when you get Jesus, you get it all. I'm going to ask you to bow your heads at all of our campuses. You know, maybe, maybe you're here at one of our campuses and you just never really seen a need for a savior. And maybe in this service, you've been awakened to the fact that you just need to surrender your life, that that it is important that, that, that you're aimlessly lost without him. And, and I just want to lead you in a prayer. Maybe there in Madeira, Fresno, Clovis, maybe, maybe you just want to get things right with God. You, you've come to the conclusion in this service today or you even came here on that, you know, with that purpose. I need just to—I need to get right with God. You're, I'm tired of lying to myself. I'm tired of believing the lie that I don't need a Savior. If you need a Savior, you've never received Him as Lord and Savior, or you've been living for yourself and you're in a backsliding condition, and you just want to come home. I'm going to just ask you to pray this prayer at all of our campuses. Just say, Father God, Father God, today I receive You as my Lord and Savior. Forgive me of my sins make me whole today. I surrender my life to you. And Father, with your help, I'm going to live for you. In Jesus' name, amen. And amen. I believe people prayed that prayer. Come on, give it up. I believe people just made that adjustment. This podcast is presented to you by Pastor Randy Han and Celebration Church in Fresno, California. For more information, please visit celebrationchurch.cc.